Welcome to Express Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are a ministry of Arizona Message Ministry, the message to the number two dot US. We are supported financially by HaribouBooks.com. Make sure you go on there, buy some of the books that are there, donate them to your school, donate them to your church, donate them to your library so we can get the message of hope and the message of encouragement out. Enjoy the podcast. My thought for today, Psalm 118, that's what I thought when I woke up this morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Is there somebody who is glad to be uh, in the Lord today? Have the Lord be the one who has blessed your day, who can sing, shout with confidence and joy. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Then the psalmist goes on to say, O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Oh, I like that that verse right there. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I want to have my days walking where I come in the name of the Lord. That the house of the Lord we bless you as we come together wherever we are, the house that you have. It doesn't matter if it's just your home or if you are listening to this as you're driving in your car, or you're with a gathering, maybe you're riding bikes or working out or just hanging out and you're listening to this. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord from the house of the Lord. And when we talk about the house of the Lord, the Lord said where two or more are gathered in my name, I am with you. That is the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord is is where the creed that says as to me and my house, we will follow the Lord. That's what God is talking about. That through the psalmist, through Psalm 118 psalmist, he is saying he who uh, whose house we lift up the praises to God. The Lord is God and he made his light shine on us. God's light shines on us. We should be so excited that the light of Christ is shining on us and that light should go out to the whole world. The, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, no matter what the circumstance that we're going through, whether it's good or bad, the light of Christ should be shining through us. We should be singing like the, like the psalmist. It doesn't matter what's going on. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The psalmist is not identified as any particular author. Most people believe it's David, but it has not been specifically identified as David. But they, the, the uh, theorists believe that it was a person of high status, a person who was being uh, attacked and whose the world was coming at him and but that person said that doesn't matter what if they're rejected by humanity as long as they're accepted by God see I think that that's what we need to start thinking about it doesn't matter if you're rejected by humanity as long as you're accepted by God doesn't matter if you're rejected by humanity as long as you're accepted by God the author continued to have his faith in God, continued to remember that each day God created, it, each day was an opportunity for success. Each day was an opportunity to receive God's blessing. 
an opportunity to have joy and share joy and eat an opportunity to either go to the house of worship or have worship in your house. It doesn't just have to be on Sunday. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Into this on a Tuesday and you're just getting up and you decided that you want to throw this on while you're driving to work. Just remember this is the day that the Lord has made and let us be rejoice and be glad in it because this is the only day that's promised as we begin to think about uh, going into worship with God we need to remember that he has done marvelous things in your life he has given you health and allowed you to wake up this morning he has given you a place to live and food to eat and we should be saying this is the day the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it be glad in the fact that God has given you people to love uh, people to care for you people that you can care for people that you can share God's love with he has done marvelous things and as we join together, even though we continue to be separated, even though we continue to record out of the studio, we don't know where it goes or who's listening to this today, but I am just want to tell you that this is the day. This is the perfect day to rejoice and be glad in the fact that God has given you great blessings. When I'm thinking about the blessings, and, and, and some people might wonder because we've been through a month of quarantine almost. A month, we're starting the fourth, the fourth week to this, today, tomorrow. We'll start the fourth week. Well, I shouldn't say tomorrow because no matter where you're listening to, you might be listening to it on a Tuesday. But anyway, we're, we're in the fourth, starting the fourth week of, of COVID-19 quarantine. And I want to thank everybody for uh, prayers of health and safety that you have given to us and to my wife and and prayers of hope and prayers of encouragement that she will soon be able to go back to teaching the calling that God has given her the the uh, sickness has kept her away from that and we are so glad that the prayers have been coming in and we are glad and thankful because uh, as my mother has told me over and over but for the grace of God go we this week, we've gotten a report that a physical education teacher, somebody you would think would be uh, the healthiest person in the school, the coach of the football team, the, the should have been the strongest person in the school, has passed away from coronavirus. I got a text from my brother this morning, his, his patient who was on a respirator, ventilator, excuse me, a ventilator for over a month passed away from coronavirus. Coronavirus hit our house and we wake up saying this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it because we don't know if we're going to, if we could have wound up down that same path, but the healing power of God and his love touched us and we have to, we get to rejoice in another day. And, and we need to understand that while this coronavirus is going on, to, re to continue to stay protected, continue to stay safe, and continue to keep your family safe. I received a prayer request. Prayer requests are coming in more and more each week, and, and we're just so grateful that people are listening and people are understanding that the Express Church experience 
we are united wherever we are in lifting up our prayers. We lift up our prayers to a young man named Chris who is undergoing chemotherapy and radiation for esophageal cancer. I'm my, my prayer for Chris, I'm hoping that you're hearing this today. My prayer is that the cancer goes away and so that you're able to sing the praises of God. You might not be able to sing right now because of what's going on with your throat. But I want to hope that God will heal it so that you can sing his praises to those that, that have not heard the praises of God. I had received a request. There was a young man. It's unfortunate. He fell back away in grief. And when his father passed away, he committed some crimes. And now he's back in prison. And we ask that God give him some healing and some redemption while he's in, in prison so that he can come out a new person, a new person in Christ. We wanna, I received a notice last week that a classmate of mine, it's kind of interesting and, and surprising, but a classmate of mine, another person, he was uh, one of the, the biggest and strongest people in my class. Of course, it's a year or two ago that I was in high school, but nonetheless, and he was in construction. He was probably the last person you would think who would die in their sleep, but he died in his sleep. And we would pray for, he had a, his, his memorial was last Wednesday and it had to be streamed because of coronavirus. It was streamed out live. It's the new way that things are happening, but we wanna pray and lift up Tim's family. We pray for a man named Joe. His brother asked for prayers and he's in the hospital with a serious illness. They, his brother said that they had to take out his rib to get to a, a growth that was behind there and, and try to get a replacement for the hip. I couldn't understand it. I might have to call the doc later on to get a full understanding. So Joe and your family, uh, we're just lifting you up. Andy, keep strong as you support your brother. And we are, you just understand that at the Express Church experience all around the nation, I don't know if even around the world where people are listening, we are lifting up prayers of healing. We're lifting up prayers of comfort. We're lifting up prayers of courage and strength during these difficult times. And they're really difficult for those who have lost a loved one during this, what we call the holiday period. And if you talk to people, who, lo who lose a loved one around the holiday and their first Christmas without their loved one is a, more, is a difficult one. But before we get to Christmas, before I uh, pass over and, and forget about November, November is the month of Thanksgiving. Now, I say we should call it the month of preparation, the month that we prepare for the Christmas season to prepare to celebrate the birth of our blessed Lord and Savior. I was looking today and, and the count depending on, well, I'm on the, on the Sunday today is only 47 days left. By the time you decide to listen to it, it might be down to 45 days, but it's just around the corner that we're gonna come together and celebrate uh, the, the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. But before we get there, we need to have that month of preparation, that month of thanksgiving, the month to, to sit down and reflect, to be thank to what we want to be thankful for, to pause and say, I am so blessed because of these things that are happening to me.
I'm pausing for a minute to allow those that want to think about some of the great blessings that you've had. You know, a lot of people are saying, I can't wait for 2020 to be over, but we don't know what 2020 is going to bring. All I know is that 2020 brought some great blessings. We had some trials and we had some struggles, but I don't know a year that I've had that hasn't had trials and had some struggles. But through it all, we got to look and focus in on the blessings. I want to focus in on, on a great blessing that my mother had two eye surgeries in the last month. And I believe that both of them uh, have gone well. And now she's going to be able to see much better to be able to go through at 91 years old to be able to get her sight back to be able to see things and be able to share things. That's a blessing. I don't know if anybody else needs to have just a small blessing like that. I think that the, the people who are in the hospital, Joe, if you're listening to this, you're so grateful that you have your brother who asked people to pray for you. That's a blessing that during the month of Thanksgiving that we should be thankful for. Also, we need to be thankful and we need to be reminded. And I was looking at, at trying to prepare a message for Thanksgiving and the, the Holy Spirit does some interesting things in my life. And this time the Holy Spirit said, I want you to look at Amos. Look at Amos. And I said, looked at, thought about this and I said, I don't re ever remember a sermon, hearing a sermon on Amos. I don't remember preparing a sermon on Amos. So if you're listening to this, for the first time, you're going to listen to the first time that I make an attempt at trying to present the book of Amos. And as people are turning to Amos, I'm going to kind of give a little background about it. <clears throat> Amos, he was a man who, at the time he prophesied, the kingdom of Israel and Judah had gone into two nations with uh, two of the tribes in the, in the southern and the 10 tribes of the north and and uh, Amos was from the southern tribe of Judah the southern uh, land of Judah and he was from a small town called Tekoa he was a farmer and a sheep herder and he, was, he, he farmed uh, sycamore fig trees and so we want to get a picture of this humble man who is just going about doing his work and while he was out doing his work and as you're turning to Amos he, the Lord came to him I, I, I made me think about how the Lord came and spoke with Moses while Moses was uh, being a shepherd and how the Lord came to David while David was, do, was, was doing his thing shepherding the sheep and doing what his work and the Lord told Amos you got to leave your home you got to leave your land and you got to go to Israel because I have some things I have to tell the people in Israel and as Amos was going up to Israel Israel was experiencing the greatest prosperity that they've had they were they had seen in years their riches were flowing down and I was thinking to myself I could see the political leaders at the time of Amos saying we made Israel great again. I can see the people and the politicians saying we've had the lowest unemployment rate in the history of our nation and we did it. 
I can see the people and the politicians looking at themselves and saying how great they are as business people that they had created the great prosperity. And, I, and then Amos shows up in the midst of their great prosperity. And as, if you, as you page through, I'm gonna, my highlighted verse is gonna be verse, uh, chapter five, verse 21 and 22. But as you go through the book of Amos, I'm gonna invite you to do that. You'll look and God was talking to Amos. And he said, remember what happened in Egypt. The Lord took them down. Look what happened in Syria. The Lord took them down. Look what happened in Jordan. The Lord took them down. God was, t was telling and trying to remind the people, speaking through Amos, that each uh, land, their rise and their fall were because of God's blessing or God removing his blessing from them. And I'm looking at different nations throughout the, the world. Uh, the Roman Empire rose. I believe if Amos was speaking today, speaking to the political and the business leaders, he would say, remember what happened in Rome. He would say, remember what happened with the uh, empire of Genghis Khan. Remember what happened to the Soviet Union. Remember what happened to uh, Germany during World War II. The Lord is, is sovereign Lord over everything. Everything on earth and in it is his. And so Amos is talking to the people of Israel, but I think that equally Amos can be talking to the United States of America. And when he's talking to them, he was talking to a nation that professed to be a nation of God, Israel, professed to be that they were the people who God was blessing. They were the people who were chosen by God. And, and this is what the Lord told Amos, speak to them, because this is the message that I wanna give to them. And if it's hitting home for the land that you live in, then I'm hoping that you'll continue on to understand what the Lord asked of the people then. I believe it's still the same message that he's asking of the people today. In Amos 5, verses 21 and 22, it says, even though, oh, you know, now, now you're starting to understand. God said, even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Even though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. The people during Amos's time had a simple man. In, in chapter 7, 14, and 15, he, Amos says, I'm neither a prophet nor a prophet's son, but a, just a shepherd. But God told me to prophesy, and that's why I'm here. See, God will use anybody to speak through him. He, the, the, and he had to speak through a, a sheep herder from a small town. I was talking to my brother yesterday and I said, maybe we need somebody from the heartland of America, a, a rancher or a farmer from a small town to come forth and prophesize to the, pe the people what is going on, that the people are, are going through a period where they believe that they, what they're doing is bringing a beautiful offering by saying we are a Christian nation. But what the Lord said is that they have a, instead of a sweet odor, odor 
which is what was supposed to happen when you brought your offerings to the Lord. All the offerings that they brought were supposed to be a sweet aroma unto the Lord. But I like how this says. It says their, their aroma was supposed to be pleasing to the Lord, but what they brought was a pungent odor of insincerity. Oh, man, now, now we should be hitting home. What they were supposed to bring was a pleasing odor unto the Lord, pleasing, pleasing fragrance, fragrance. Oh, let me start that all over because I don't want you to miss it. If you miss everything else in the sermon today, I don't want you to miss this. The people were supposed to bring an aroma that was pleasing unto the Lord. But what they brought was a pungent odor of insincerity. And I think that if we uh, look at many of the people who could profess to be people of God today, they lift your name on high. Lord, we sing your praises. I, I, they, can, they can go into church and sing that way. But what happens when they come back out? How do they treat their neighbor? That's where, where God was, was speaking to the people of Israel. And he said, let justice roll like a river and righteous like a never-ending stream. See, we, we can, we, there's two parts of God's plan for us. And that is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your might, and all your soul. And Jesus said in the second commandment is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Upon all the laws and the prophet, these two are hinged to these two commandments. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's what Amos was saying that the people of Israel forgot to do. They were good, they were good at talking about how the prosperity that they brought about was for, was for them and about them. They were, they were happy to show that they could bring in the finest uh, offerings, the best uh, sacrifices, but they refused to sacrifice for their neighbor. They refused to stand up when injustice was going on. They refused to lend a hand to somebody who needed it. And the Lord said that, you, that, that I'm alive, that I'm alive. And see, when we start talking about the resurrection of Jesus, it's a reminder that Jesus is alive. And since Jesus is alive, he is living in us and he's living through us and he's living in the homeless veteran and he's living with the person who's sick in the hospital. He's, he's living with the person who's at risk for coronavirus. He's, he's, he's living in the person who's lost their business because of coronavirus. He's living in the police officer who has to come and come on a scene. He's living in the families who have been faced with injustice. He's living in the person who's in prison on death row. He's living everywhere around us and in us and through us. And the love of the Lord, the love of your neighbor, both of those two are hinged together and they are the basis of the faith that we have. If we're not, then we need to have a modern day Amos standing up, telling the nation, the United States of America, you are prospering just like Israel. You are claiming to be a, a country of God, just like Israel. But the question that God wants to know, 
is how are you living? How are you being the light of Christ? How are you dealing with those who are emotionally hurting and spiritually lost? That's where God wants the church to be. That's where God wants his people to be. In Amos, right after God made that condemnation, said, I have no use for what you're doing inside the church because you have hypocrisy and insincerity and self-righteousness. So then Amos said, tell the people, and I think Amos can say, tell the people of the United States of America that what I want from them is to have justice roll like a mighty river and righteousness like a never-ending stream. Those are the two things that the message of Amos chapter 5 is teaching us today. Let justice roll like a mighty river. And from being from Minnesota, there's a mighty river that flows through us in, the, in, in Minnesota called the mighty Mississippi. And that thing flows from the, from the north of Minnesota all the way down. And if we take that as an, as an idea of how we can and how commerce can flow and how, uh, how people who cannot battle that river, you can't go upstream very easy against it. That's how justice should be. Justice should be flowing out of us so strongly that no one can go upstream against it. They just have to turn around and go with the stream and be able to have whatever they need to go downstream. Downstream where, where the person who is wrongfully charged with a crime can receive justice. Go downstream where the child who was born into a difficult family and the Department of Child Safety, whatever you guys have it called around your country, around the nation, where they have to step in. That child needs justice. Where the homeless person that you see on the, on the, on the road, that person needs justice. And justice comes when you try to bring that person to the same place where you are. But you can only do that if you have righteousness. The Lord was saying that, that the people had self-righteousness. And I have to talk to myself. When, in, when I'm giving a message, I only want to talk to myself. I don't need to talk to somebody else. So I had to look in my own mirror and say, do you have righteousness or do you have self-righteousness? There is a significant difference between having righteousness, meaning that you want to live your life in a manner by which you are, fo are following the commandments that God had for you. And those commandments are what? To love your Lord with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, and like under it, uh, uh, unto it. See, we can't miss the like unto it is to love your neighbor. I was looking at John 1, chapter 4, and John hit me, and he said, we love because God first loved us. But if, oh, I want to make sure that people hear that, but if anyone says I love God, yet, lo that, that, yet hates his neighbor, he's a liar. John called him out, and he's calling out many of us in the United States of America today when we claim that we love God 
but we hate our neighbor. We hate our neighbor because they had the wrong political sign up. It didn't fit the sign that I have. We hate our neighbor because they have a different uh, skin color or nationality. They have an accent that isn't the same as us. So we hate our neighbor. We hate our neighbor because they're either from the north and we have an accent from the south or they're from the south and, we, and, they ha and we, we don't like their accent when they come up to the north. We hate our neighbor because they don't fit into our social group. We turn our back on them. We hate our neighbor because they, they don't follow the religious rituals that we have. We hate our neighbor because they are of a different Christian religion. I don't understand how Lutherans can hate Catholics and, and Protestants and, and, and uh, evangelicals can hate Lutherans, but we do it in our country. And, and John is speaking to us saying, he who says he loves God yet hates his neighbor is a liar. I think that everybody should turn the light on in the room and look in the mirror and say, is John talking to me? Because John said for anybody who does not love his neighbor whom he has seen, but and cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must love his neighbor. It is that simple. The people of Israel missed it and Amos prophesied to them. The people of the United States of America, as I've been fighting in the, in the criminal justice arena and the, ju in the legal field for over 45 years, in the capacity as a counselor, in the capacity of a law clerk, in the capacity of a civil rights investigator, in the capacity of a criminal defense lawyer, in the capacity of a, of a lawyer def defending people in unions, I see that justice is trying to be perverted in every aspect as a person who fought uh, to try to get justice when they lost their job or their spouse died and they were overwhelmed by by debt and had no compassion that came from the creditor. I see justice uh, needing to flow throughout every aspect of our society. And God is looking for a modern day Amos. I don't know who it is, but I know Amos came from a small town in, in Judah. And I think that that's what we're gonna look at. I don't know who it is that's from that small town. I hope you hear it today. And I hope that you pray and say, Lord, are you talking to me like you talked to Amos? I want to be the one who is able to bring your message of justice and fairness. Justice and fairness. But when I talk about justice and fairness, I'm talking, not talking about getting 50-50. I'm talking about changing the moral practice of our daily life. Justice requires a, a change in the moral practice of our daily life. I'm hoping that you don't miss this part of the message either. We need to have a conscious effort to change the, the moral practice of our daily life in the way that we look at those who are different from us. Righteousness has to also happen. Remember what the Lord said, let justice flow like a mighty river and let righteousness like a never-ending stream. Righteousness is internal. 
Righteousness says I'm following God's plan because if you follow God's plan, God's plan is a requirement that you love your neighbor no matter where they are. Then the religious leaders, and then I'm going to close down, the religious leaders went on to ask Jesus, who is my neighbor? I know that some of the folks here today might be have that same philosophy. I'm good to my neighbor because I know my neighbor. But then Jesus gave the, the example of the good Samaritan. And I'm going to invite you, if you don't, if you have not read the message on the good Samaritan, because I'm going to have to get out of here today, but go back and listen to it. The neighbor for, that Jesus was speaking about was the person that the, the religious leaders had a personal dislike for. And Jesus was telling them, that's your neighbor. Your neighbor is not just the one that you sit next to in, in church and lift, a, lift, Lord, we lift your name on high and then walk out and get in your car and honk and, and look down on the poor person who is struggling. The neighbor is the requirement that Amos was, was given to the people in Israel and given to the people in the United States today is that we have justice flow like a mighty river and righteousness like a never-ending stream. When we do that, as we come into, I'm going to close on, on my, politi my, my political uh, position. When we do that, the division that is in the United States will wash away with the stream of justice, with the river of justice. And when we have righteousness going like a never-ending stream, in that stream of righteousness, it will wash away self-righteousness. It will wash away our position where we say that we're better because our candidate uh, won the election. It will wash away self-righteousness if we say our candidate was cheated out of the election and should have gotten it. There is only one candidate who should have won the election, and that's the candidate of justice that should flow like a mighty river. And so as we are looking, before we get self-righteous that our candidate won, or we get self-righteous that our candidate lost, we need to be, be righteous in the Lord and have justice so that we can see the world like God wants us to see the world and act upon it like God wants us to act upon it. We can't be sitting back with, and, and have our self-righteous position in anger when in a world that's hurting, in a world that's sick, during a personal pandemic, we need to listen to the words of Amos. God wasn't concerned and God wasn't, wasn't pleased with the offerings that they were bringing because their offerings weren't sincere. And unless your offerings are sincere, based on and built on and presented with a heart of righteousness and a love for justice, the Lord is not gonna accept them today just like he didn't accept them in the 8th century B.C. God wants us today to step up as his people to say, I'm going to be a modern-day Amos and call out injustice wherever it stands. I'm going to be a modern-day Amos, and I'm going to be the one who's going to shine the light of godly love on the neighbor that I did not like before. 
on the person who treated me wrong and the person that doesn't look like me, the person that doesn't belong to my social group, the person that doesn't belong to my religious organization, the person that, doesn't, that, that I might be competing against in the courthouse. That's just me. I'm going to talk to me for a second. I want to be the one who they say, I wonder why you act the way you are. And so I can tell them, taste and see the Lord is good. And since the Lord is good, I want you to understand that no matter what's going on, the lo- you cannot take away the love of God because this is the day the Lord has made. And each day for me is the day the Lord has made. And that day is the day that's promised by God. That's the day where God has put me in a place to go about and share his love and share his, his mercy and share his grace and to shine his light on a dark and lonely world. Let justice roll like a mighty river through you and let his right and let righteousness flow like a never ending stream. I'm hoping that that is your creed today and I'm gonna try to take it with me each day as I go forward. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Thank you to all our guests. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Stephen Zachary Minister Gilbert the Arizona Message Ministry on Facebook, and feel free to send me an email to themessage2.us or to my private website, stephenzachary.com. Thank you to Haribo Books for supporting us. That's haribobooks.com. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks.